Handle on the News. Late edition. Handle on the News. Ben doesn't have a friend. That's because he's shy. No, he's not. He's fat and he's stupid. Here's Bill Handel. All right. KFI Handel here. It is a momentous Thursday. As I said, this week, the news has just exploded. Uh, some of the bigger stories that we're covering, of course, is uh, the uh, prisoner release. Three American prisoners are home from North Korea. Uh, Israeli, uh, actually, it's Israeli Air Force Warplanes have bombed dozens of Iran-linked uh, military facilities. I, I just don't understand what they're doing with that. I truly don't. Uh, what's going on with uh, the, the shelling of uh, Israel, the Golan Heights, which is now part of Israel, uh, by Iranian forces? What do they think was going to happen? What did they think was going to happen? Matter of fact, we may even do that at uh, 9.50, because I think it's a hell of a story as this thing is panning out. And then Gina Hassel, uh, Haspel, in front of the Senate yesterday as uh, the nominee of the CIA director. Okay, a lot going on. Also, a quick announcement about uh, helping the American Red Cross Initiative to get prepared California for a $400 donation. You and a guest can enjoy cocktails and appetizers with all the KFI hosts and crew, plus unlimited sky, ride, so, sky slide rides during an exclusive evening at the beautiful OUE space, Sky Space in downtown L.A., I think this is in October, uh, must be 21 years or older to attend. 100% of the proceeds will benefit the American Red Cross. Get prepared, California. Limited tickets for details. Log on to KFIAM640.com, and the keyword is Mixer. All right, let's do it. Handle on the news, late edition, lead story. All right, uh, the president said uh, North Korean detainees, prisoners are... Uh, in excellent health. North Koreans treated them excellently, although Vice President uh, Pence said uh, maybe not. Because one of them had said to him, oh, I'm seeing daylight for the first time in so many years or in such a long time. So I guess if you don't have daylight, is that some form of torture? I guess it is. It depends. Yeah, it depends on how they do it. You need to know what kind of facility they were in. But it's not. I mean, obviously, that's not optimum for anybody. But don't you think President Trump, he he can't really get into uh, criticizing North Korea for how they treated these three guys, at least not right now. Just politically, that wouldn't work with North Korea. Hey, we gave you the three guys, and now you're bagging on us. He will never even say, and you will not see the administration even criticize Kim Jong-un for kidnapping them in the first place. For arresting three who we know are innocent people who happen to be in North Korea doing legitimate things. They were, two of them were teaching at uh, the science and agricultural school with full permission of the North Koreans. And I think one of them was a consultant uh, who was there. So, and by the way, the news that broke, one of the things that broke this morning was that we had a feeling that the meeting between the president and Kim Jong-un would be in Singapore. Now we know the date. That'll be on June 12th. Well, Israel... And we will not be sending any reporters, KFI reporters there because... Why not? Uh, because even a coach flight to Singapore uh, is like $800. Okay. Israel has launched massive military strikes against Iranian targets in Syria. This is war. There is a world to this because this ties into the Iran nuclear deal. What's going on with our allies, Mike Pompeo, 
the Israelis, for the most part, or the more so than anybody else, including Saudi Arabia's, backing up Donald Trump's position uh, as far as backing out of the Iran con- uh, the Iran nuclear deal. I'm going to do more about that at 950 because it really is a world of a story I want to do. Yeah, and this is this is just response too to obviously Iran with yeah. its rockets going toward Golan Heights. Right. And as I said, Pompeo is on his way. Or yeah, at least he's it, talking to allies big time. Well, he's got to try to convince many other countries to get on board with whatever the plan what is, Israel is doing with and, Iran. But there are many moving pieces to this one. This is far more than just an attack on uh, Iranian forces in Syria or Iranian military installations. Yeah, but also he needs to talk to all our allies about how to move forward with a deal or no deal with Iran. Yeah. yeah, while this is all going on. All right, let's, well, you, let's move on. A lot of people had wondered how much the National Guard would actually, how effective it would be when it came to the U.S.-Mexico border. Well, now we know how many people they've helped to arrest. Yeah, this is not that big a story in terms of numbers. I mean, obviously, the optics are much greater uh, because they're talking about the U.S. Border Patrol or the National Guard involved in 1,600 apprehensions out of 38,000 per month that have gone yeah. down. They're like, it's not a big deal. And then what what does that mean, uh, helping out with, bringing them food? Well, that's just it, because they were not supposed to be able right. to help with apprehension. So I don't know what that means. So oh, it could mean intelligence, observation. Hey, know, here's some people they, over there you might t- want to look at. But they're not telling us what it is. Right. There's also just plain support, having nothing to do. Uh, with the actual apprehension, uh, you could you could spin this, and it's all speculation that just by them being there and taking away some of the more um, uh, mundane tasks from the border patrol, it freed up right. more border patrol resources. Changing tires on a border patrol jeep. Sure. I'd- well, I think their presence too probably helped with some of the turnbacks. The people who go to cross it, and then all of a yeah, sudden they see them, and then they go back. That's a few hundred. Right. So we're not talking a whole lot. Not a lot, but... It's going to be, as I said, it's going to be more optics than anything else. Uh, Hey, the president signed an executive order to try to make it easier for military spouses to get jobs. It's going to be very challenging, especially if the enlisted person keeps getting moved around. Yeah. You know, how do you go get a job when you're not there very well? Well, when the enlisted person, usually wives don't follow their husbands, certainly not when they're deployed overseas, Iraq, Afghanistan... But this is the president, and good for him. Uh, again, uh, I promise, uh, and I do what I say, and I say what I do. Is that the right phrase? I have no idea. In any case, promises made, promises kept. And he's obviously been a huge advocate of the military, and here he is saying the military is not just our armed forces, and not just the men and women in uniform, it's the spouses. And, we, and we're going to give them a heads up. Uh, because you're in the military. Uh, didn't uh, Scott... Uh, when he first applied to FEMA, didn't he get credit for being in the military? Yeah, I think that's what helped him get in yeah. at FEMA. All things, all things being equal, uh, the military, the ex-military person gets a benefit. And what Trump is saying, the same thing is going to happen with a spouse. You know what? Makes sense to me. I think it's a great move. I really do. All right. Uh, coming up, we'll finish up Handle on the News, late edition. But first, uh, Jennifer Jones. We are Handle the morning crew. Let's continue on with Handle on the News, late edition on this Thursday, May 10th. Jennifer Jones-Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. And an Army soldier who lost an ear in a car crash has gotten a new one that was grown in her arm. 
Do your ears hang low? Do they wobble to and fro? Can you toss them over That's your very good. Excellent. Her name is Shamika Barrage, and it was in 2016 that she was driving back to Fort Bliss after she'd gone to visit her family in Mississippi, and a tire blew out. In the accident, she lost her left ear. Yeah, and you can see, it's wild how they're growing an ear. They took some cartilage, I think, yeah. out of her body, and then shaped it into the uh, shape of an ear, and then put it in her arm as it grows, and then they'll transplant it. Of course, there's no issue of rejection, because it's her tissue. I can just imagine, uh, you know, someone says something and she says, huh? And then holds her elbow out. Yeah. <laughs> horrible. But the ear, this is incredible. It's got to have, it has fresh arteries, fresh veins, fresh nerves. So she'll be able to feel it. Wow. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. Oh, good. She'll know when it's burning, when everybody's talking about how That's cool true. this is. Oh, well, Australia's oldest scientist has taken his own life. But he wasn't depressed. He uh, took a one-way ticket from Perth, Australia, to Switzerland, where he went to one of those voluntary euthanasia clinics. Yeah, and he had to go to Switzerland to do it. Yeah, he's very mad that Australia does not allow 104 years old, owed to joy is what he had playing as he uh, committed suicide or assisted assisted death, if you will. And uh, it's um, he spent his final day exploring the Botanic Gardens with three of his grandkids. And uh, it was just, uh, it's a nice way to die. It he is. also I mean, was, was wearing a jumper with a the words, uh, this says a jumper, but yeah, he was wearing a thing that's with what the they words. Call, that's what they call them. They call sweaters jumpers? Yeah. That's exactly what What's they wrong them. with them over there? <laughs> that's another topic. And it had the words aging disgracefully right. on it. And by the way, do you know what mm. uh, John Thomas is? Uh Exactly. What in Britain, what uh, in the UK, the, the, look it up, look it up. What is a John Thomas? Oh, 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 don't look it up. If you're guessing what you think he's meant. Yes, that's it. That's what that, it is. So there you are. There you are. A woman who oh! says, oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I looked it up. <laughs> Let's move on. All right, this is awkward. A woman who says she was raped during a party at singer Chris Brown's house in the Valley is now suing Chris Brown. Yeah, it's a a horrible rape allegation, uh, Chris Brown. Lori Allred is representing her. And uh, the police are called. They show up. Not allowed in the house. They don't even go in. And it's... uh, it's kind of bizarre. But, this woman is accusing uh, Chris Brown and a few other people in the party of a horrible rape. Yeah, well, this this backstory, though, is weird because she claims that Brown ordered somebody to take her phone away last year, which then was the pretext for her going back yeah, to Brown's I, house. It is a weird story. Also, uh, and the story doesn't say, this is from the LA Times, she obviously left the house at some point, right? Did she go to the police? I don't know if right she after that, right after that and then ask the- for a rape kit to be used? I'm not sure. She and just, I don't either. I mean, that's not to say she should have had the wherewithal, because I don't know. We weren't there. She could have been so screwed up psychologically. It was so devastating to her. Maybe she didn't have the wherewithal to do it. But you're right. There are some parts of this story that are not right down the line. It's just bizarre. They, she claims that she was forced to perform sexual acts on males and females in this bedroom, and that it was a drug and booze-filled sex yeah, party of some sort. I mean, just random. Harvey Weinstein's estranged wife. Speaks. Georgina Chapman, designer with uh, Marquesa. 
She said that after all those allegations came out about uh, her then husband, she didn't go out in public for five months. Yeah, pretty devastating. Can you imagine being married to Harvey Weinstein and either having no knowledge of what's going on? I'll bet you she had some. I mean, it's impossible to not know something is up. And then doing the best job of self-denial you can possibly do. Uh, because to accept uh, that kind of activity from a husband is it, 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 the act. What he did was so outrageous, so outrageous, even to the point where at speeches, I think it was an Academy Award where uh, was it uh, Seth McFarlane joked about the number of women and people going to uh, Harvey Weinstein's uh, office and what a womanizer he was. I mean, and, and the fact that she, she, she knew what she was living with. Probably. I don't know if she knew to the extent of what she was living with, but at the same time, she now lives with the fact that her kids are going to have to deal with this. And that in some way, I bet she feels responsible in, in, in some way, there's gotta be some sort of guilt there. Yeah, there always is. It's, uh, it's almost, it's, it's almost survivor's guilt because she wasn't a victim of any of this. He didn't do this to his own wife. Well, we don't. What if he did? Well, she what said, if, no, she said he didn't. Okay. Or she said he did not do it. So, but there we go back to survivor's guilt. How come 60 women, 100 women were, and I'm right there, and, and he I didn't never. Do it to me. I mean, it's, oh, yeah, it's just crazy stuff. All right, you know what? Well, let's, take a, let's take a break. Okay. Uh,